I wanted to first start with uh, the main issues or concerns um, for everyone going into the election, apart from uh, terror-related incidences. Okay, so I think that when the election was first called, the you know main issue for everybody that was really dominating was the issue of Brexit and you know our UK withdrawal from the EU. Um, and it seemed at the time like this would be the issue that really defined the whole campaign. Um, and certainly for the first few weeks it did, um, and it really played to the Conservatives' kind of advantage. You know, they um, talked a lot about strong and stable government um, that the Conservatives would bring and how we needed that for a, a good Brexit deal. Um, but as the campaign went on, um, actually this issue kind of got lost with lots of other things um, that were happening. Um, we had a big issue with um, the Conservatives having to backtrack over their social care plans. Um, and actually a lot of it came down to the personalities, I think, of the two potential Prime Ministers, so Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn, and actually um, their behaviour. So, you know, Theresa May's um, refusal to take part in a lot of debates seems to um, become one of the big issues of the campaign. Is that is that usual for um, candidates to not take part in debates? Um, it's not. It's only the last couple of elections that we've actually had um, leaders' debates. Um, and when we've had these, they've always been things that were carefully negotiated. So I'd say it's probably not normal for um, the Prime Minister to, to not take part, but they're always things that are very carefully planned. So they're always done on the leader's terms and particularly on the Prime Minister's terms. So, you know, according to you know my refreshing, we've got a hung parliament. Yes, that's right. What, what happens in that situation? What goes, what's the next step? Okay, so... Um, when we have a hung parliament, it obviously means that no one party has an overall majority of seats. Um, the next steps always depend on how large the largest party actually is. Um, and in this case, we've got um, a Conservative party that's only a few seats short of an actual majority. Um, the obvious step is to try and find another party to work with. In this case, it looks very, very likely now that it will be um, the DUP, the Democratic Unionist Party, a Northern Ireland um, party. Um, which has 10 seats now in Parliament. Um, and it looks like um, this will be not a formal coalition, but it will be more of a um, what we might call a confidence and supply arrangement where um, the DUP agreed to support Theresa May's Conservatives on certain issues, big things like the budget, the Queen's speech debate, um, but not necessarily on everything. At least that's what it's looking like. Until we hear more from Theresa May, we don't actually know for sure. And um, I also want to ask why um, Jeremy Corbyn has been calling for Theresa May to resign? I think the, the call to resignation come primarily from the actual calling of the election in the first place. Um, and the Prime Minister did so on the basis um, that she needed a large majority to um, deliver a strong deal, um, a strong Brexit deal, um, when the UK left the European Union. Um, and it was very much a personal thing. She felt she needed a personal mandate in order to do this. And when we look at the results, it's clear that the Conservatives have lost seats and, you know, they've performed badly and much worse than we ever expected them to do. And so she's lost this personal mandate that she was claiming, but also she's now in a much weaker position um, in terms of this forthcoming Brexit negotiation. And what, what I know you touched on a few things like personality um, and not uh, taking part in debates, but what do you think changed from April when Theresa May called the election to now for her results to, you know, turned so badly out of her favour? I think it was several issues. I don't think there was necessarily one um, thing that really turned the campaign. I think it, from the minute that the attentions of the public 
switch from being Brexit to being something else. I think from then it was a downhill kind of spiral for us. So it was the issue about debates. Um, it was about um, the Conservative manifesto and having to backtrack over um, over policy issues that made her look personally bad. Um, and then it was the um, uh, terror incidents which led to the suspension of the campaign, which I think um, just prevented anybody from getting any momentum, really. And just my last question is what this now means for Brexit, how we go forward from here. Now. I think what it means at the moment is that um, it will be more difficult. It puts um, the position of the Prime Minister um, in, uh, well, it's a weak position. Um, Theresa May is going to be going to uh, negotiations um, with EU leaders in a, a, a weak position as you would have liked to have been. And there are also going to be issues about when this Brexit deal is actually negotiated, will it actually be a deal that um, those um, back at Westminster, her MPs, MPs from other parties, will they actually agree to this? Or with such a small parliamentary majority that he's going to be dependent on another very small party, and could this actually all fall apart? It'll be interesting to see how that goes forward. Absolutely. I think the next few weeks will be um, critical, and you know, getting the Queen's speech through um, in the first place will be a big, um, a big test of that.